Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Hooked on Phonics edition. This week, we're breaking down a lawsuit over reading, who will benefit if issue two passes, efforts to get rid of Ohio's same-sex marriage ban, and how much money the U.S. Senate candidates raised. With me today is our bureau chief, Anthony Shoemaker. Welcome back. Hey, happy Friday. Now, before we get into it, a quick shameless plug. If you find Ope helpful or fun or interesting, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us a lot. And as a new kid on the block, I really appreciate it. Our first topic today is a lawsuit by a group that's not actually that into phonics. Reading Recovery Council of North America, which is based in Worthington, sued this week to block changes to how Ohio schools teach reading. The state's new budget requires schools to use phonics-based curricula, which is part of the, quote, science of reading. Governor Mike DeWine is a really big fan of that method and says it will make kids better at reading. But Reading Recovery isn't happy about this because their programs would be prohibited under these new changes. Anthony, what's the basis of this lawsuit? Well, uh, Reading Recovery's lawsuit argues that lawmakers violated the single subject rule in the state budget. You know, this is all happening when you've got the whole controversy over taking power away from the Board of Education and giving it to the governor's office. You know, this is a big issue for Governor DeWine. He spent a lot of time in his state of the state speech re, uh, earlier this year about focusing on education and reading. And the state's uh, third grade reading scores are not good. You know, about 40% of the state's third graders are not proficient in reading. Right. And reading recovery uses this other method of reading instruction, which has children using different strategies to decipher unfamiliar words, like looking at a picture or looking at the broader context in a sentence. And the science has shown lately, and this is what Governor DeWine has argued a lot, is that phonics, which is where you're breaking down the words by sounds, is is really the more effective way to do it. And certainly the way I did it when I was a kid. Yeah, it's the way that I did it, did it too. You know, and, and the governor's um, spokesman says that uh, state lawmakers and the governor have the power to make these changes. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the courts on this. Right. And it's been interesting to watch this unfold since Governor DeWine first proposed this, because I guess I didn't realize how passionate people are on both sides of this debate about what kind of instruction that kids should be getting to learn how to read. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But like you said, it sounds like DeWine's administration is pretty confident that they were well within their rights to do this and could add it to the state budget as they did. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So our second topic today revolves around issue two. Specifically, who's going to make all the money if Ohio legalizes recreational marijuana? So the Issue 2 campaign is bankrolled by some of the biggest medical cannabis companies in the state. And if it passes, these companies are going to get first dibs on licenses to grow, process, and sell adult use products. The statute also awards licenses through a proposed social equity program. So the campaign's backers say because of that, you know, that shows that they aren't trying to hog all the wealth in the program. But some people in the industry think the setup is a little unfair. Yeah. And, um, you know, there would be like a hold on on new uh, new licenses for what, like two years or something right. like that. So, you know, n- people who want to get into this industry who aren't already in it are going to face an uphill battle. Yeah. And this goes back to a lot of the same issues that we've seen in the medical marijuana program. There's a lot of power struggles, basically, between the really big companies like those that are donating to the Issue 2 campaign and then some of these smaller, more independent growers. There's been a lot of fighting over whether larger growers should have more cultivation space, things like that really gets into the nitty gritty of how this industry works. But ultimately, it's a debate over who gets what piece of the pie. And we're going to see a lot of that play out with the recreational program, I think, too. Yeah, it kind of gets lost in the weeds. And it's worth noting, too, that some of these larger companies are funneling like hundreds of thousand dollars into the issue two campaign. We'll learn more next week about what those donations look like, how much money they've been able to raise. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of these same businesses contributing more and footing more of the bill to get this passed. Yeah, the campaigns have to uh, put out their campaign finance reports on the 26th. So we'll get an idea of just how much money the businesses are putting into this. So our third topic for today is Ohio's same-sex marriage ban. So if you didn't know this, the Ohio Constitution and state statute only recognize marriage as something between one man and one woman. Now, that ban is not in place right now because of Obergefell v. Hodges, which is the U.S. Supreme Court case named for Ohioan Jim Obergefell. But some House Democrats are worried that could change any time because the U.S. Supreme Court is conservative right now. So to that end, a group of them got together this week and said they plan to introduce legislation to prohibit same-sex and interracial marriage rights. Obergefell was also there and talked about why this is really important for same-sex couples in the state. Now, there's no bill yet because Democrats are trying to get Republican support. But even if they do introduce and pass something, it's a bit more complicated than that. Yeah. And, you know, what really sparked this conversation was when Roe was overturned, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas specifically suggested that the court could reconsider the Obergefell precedent in the gay marriage case. So, you know, obviously, you know, with the Republican majority on the court being stronger now, there's concern that they could take that up in the future. Right. And not only does Ohio have this ban in state statute, but like I said, it's in the Constitution, too, which is a lot harder to change. And even if lawmakers were to pass this legislation, which is a big if, they would still have to go through the process of proposing a new constitutional amendment and putting it on the ballot and ultimately leaving that question to voters. Yeah, Ohio's um, gay marriage ban goes back to the 2004 presidential election when it was on the ballot and it passed pretty overwhelmingly around 62% of the public voted on it. But, you know, attitudes toward gay marriage have changed a lot in the last two decades. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if this was to make the ballot again. 
Right. Advocates said right now they aren't focused on putting that kind of initiative on the ballot. They say that they are using a lot of their resources to oppose legislation that would restrict transgender medical care and things like that. And at least for now, you know, Obergefell and Loving v. Virginia, which protects interracial marriage, is still the law of the land. The court has not taken up any cases dealing with either of those rights. So... While it's not necessarily an urgent issue, Ohio lawmakers see this proposal as something they can do now to at least get the conversation started. Yeah, get ahead of it just in case. So our final topic for today is the money in Ohio's U.S. Senate race. We got a peek at the latest FEC filings this week, which show Senator Sherrod Brown pretty easily outraising his potential Republican opponents. But it gets a little messier and a little more nuanced when you drill down into the GOP primary. State Senator Matt Dolan and Cleveland businessman Bernie Moreno raised roughly the same amount of money last quarter. Both men are also self-funding their campaigns because, well, they're rich and they can do that. Then there's Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who is falling behind in a pretty big way. Yeah, Frank LaRose uh, raised nearly $792,000 in the third quarter, you know, and he gave himself uh, a loan of like over 200000 But Moreno and Dolan, you're, you know, you're dealing with each one of them giving their campaigns like $3 million, you know, so it's a big difference in the in the money race there. Right. And because Moreno and Dolan gave the themselves these massive loans. They have a lot more cash on hand going into the last quarter of this year. And we're getting to the point where the Senate primary is really going to start ramping up. I think everyone's kind of been focused on the November election. But once that's out of the way, our primaries in March, they don't have too much longer and um, a lot of a lot of work to do to still sort of sell themselves to voters and in some cases completely introduce themselves. Yeah. And you're dealing with, you know, Three candidates that are are not that well known. I mean, LaRose is is a, has, is a statewide office holder, so some people might think that that gives him a bit of an advantage. But you know, like we saw in the twenty twenty two Senate race, where uh, former state treasurer Josh Mandel was leading up until former President Donald Trump gave the endorsement for J D Vance, and that changed the whole race. So you know, that's the big elephant in the room: is if Trump's going to get involved in in the election before the primary. Yeah, it's definitely a wait and see. It doesn't seem like he's been issuing as many endorsements as he did during the 2022 cycle. But if he does, the odds seem to be pretty well in Bernie Moreno's favor. The two of them are pretty tight. Moreno has family ties to the Trump administration. So if Trump does decide to endorse, I I would put some money on on it going to Moreno. Yeah, that's a that's a bet. I'm not going to take against you on that one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Matt Dolan's not going to get it. Though. And one more thing before you go. We learned this week that Representative Bill Seitz, a Republican from Cincinnati, is going to retire next year at the end of his term. Because of term limits, he would have needed to run for the Senate to stay in the legislature, and he doesn't want to run in a primary against Senator Bill Blessing. Seitz has been a huge player in Ohio politics. So while he's just one lawmaker, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, he's been around since 2000, uh, you know, and he's played a key role in a lot of legislation that really impacts people's lives. He's one of those kinds of behind the scenes figures that a lot of Ohioans don't know about. He's also a very colorful character on the House floor. You know, his speeches are always must see TV. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Ohio Explained. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh 
human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.